Well, good morning, everyone. How does it feel to be a little chilly today? Take it or leave it. Man, I love it. I love it. I'm going to take it all day long and hopefully maybe another 24 hours or so. It's amazing how long we have winter in the state of Florida, isn't it? It's good to see each and every one of you here today. If you would this morning, Pastor read our scripture. But if you would turn in your Bible to chapter 100 of the Psalms there. And you know, I, I want to start this morning with a little story. It's a little bit of a ridiculous story, but I want us to listen to it this morning if we could, okay? There was this man was standing in line at a butcher's shop. You may have heard this story before, but he's standing there in line in a butcher's shop and this great Dane dog walks in with a, with a bag held in his teeth. He sets that bag down and that butcher looks at him and he says, how you doing today, Charlie? And he goes, whoa. It meant okay, good. And then the butcher looks at him. He said, well, what will you have today? Will you have pork or are you here for lamb? He says, whoa, whoa, which meant lamb. Looked at him. He said, well, how many pounds you want today? Three pounds or five pounds? He said, whoa, that meant five pounds. So that butcher took that meat, wrapped it up. Dog took that bag and put it in that, put that bag back in that dog's mouth. And this guy is so amazed and just so, he just can't believe his eyes. So you know what he does? He follows this guy and he follows, I mean, follows this dog and follows him to this home. And all of a sudden the dog puts the bag down, starts to whimper and starts to bark and scratch at the door. And all of a sudden the door opens and this grumpy old man starts yelling and screaming at this dog that just went to the butcher shop and just got meat and talked to the butcher and, and, and took care of everything. And this man looked at him and he said, sir, he said, this dog is so astounding. You know, this is unbelievable. How can you be so hard and so mean to this dog right now? He said, because the idiot left his keys three times this week and couldn't unlock the door and get in himself. You ever been around people like that? Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, great things happen, and I sometimes feel like this man right here. You know, something greatly amazes, happens, and, and all of a sudden somebody's trying to just throw ice on, on the parade. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, bring winds that, that blows everything away. As a matter of fact, we had a great week just a few weeks ago. We saw people give their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, we saw great things on, and then within two days, you know something? I heard about the negative part of what went on. Can I say this to each and every one of us? I didn't see anything negative. I didn't hear anything negative. But there's some folks, we walk around, and we're not thankful for what God does for us each and every day in our life. This is the week before Thanksgiving or the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and I would like to talk a little bit about thanks here today. As a matter of fact, there's three things that I would like for us to see from the scriptures here that deals about thankfulness. I believe without a doubt in my mind that this is an invitation to, thanks, to thankfulness right here uh, as we read those scriptures. But, but as we set this day aside to give thanks on Thursday for all we have, the day has changed dramatically from what it used to be. You know, President Lincoln, back in, in 1863, I believe it was, he brought in Thanksgiving. It was during the height of the terrible Civil War that they were in, uh, and he enacted this holiday for Americans to, to, to be able to, uh, to, to, to give thanks to God for the widows and for the orphans and for the mourners and for the, for the people that were suffering from this great and 
tragic war they'd been in. And then guess what happens? Another president. Aren't you sort of tired of politics? Amen. This probably is going out somewhere to, to the government somewhere right now because we do all this stuff on, on, on Internet and this kind of stuff and all that. But it wouldn't bother me a bit if somebody went blue Washington up. Would just let's get everybody out of there so we don't kill anybody. And maybe our government would realize how bad a shape we're in and bring God back in and start, start having some worship service there and begin to build our capital back because that's what we need is God in our lives and be thankful for what God has done in our lives. We've got the greatest nation in the world and we don't even thank and be thankful for what God's done for us. But President Roosevelt brought this in, I believe, in the year about 1957, the year I was born. Just because I was born that year doesn't mean that everything started going downhill. Do you understand what I'm saying? But he brought it in, and you know what it was brought in for? It's during a time of Great Depression. It was brought in to, to, to bring up the retail sales in our country at that time. And that's what Thanksgiving has grown into. Something about, listen, people don't talk about the turkey day anymore. People don't talk about, you know, getting together as families. People talk about what's going to be on sale at Walmart and, so, and, and, and JCPenney and places like this. And lo and behold, I can't believe the people that would go sit and stand in line from, from midnight the night before to go in and buy a TV, I would rather not watch TV than to have to do that. Amen. And if you go and do that, I'm sorry. I just think, man, maybe you need to go see the doctor before Thanksgiving gets here. <laughs> so get mad with me if you want to. But the Canadians put in the holiday in 1957. Roosevelt did 1930. The Canadians put the holiday in in 1957. And you know what it was put in for? It was put in, Parliament put it in as a thanksgiving to Almighty God for the bountiful harvest. And that's what thanksgiving came about, to be honest. The beginning of their focus was giving thanks to a holy God and a wonderful God. It was an invitation for people in a nation to give thanks. Boy, we ought to be giving thanks for the nation that we're in and what God's done in our lives. We see this type of invitation here in verse 4. It says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. How well a job are we doing today in blessing his name? Let's pray this morning. Father, once again, we get to call upon you because of your son, the Lord Jesus. And Jesus, you blessed us in such a way by giving your all for us that we may have eternal life. And Father, so often in our lives we take in for granted what you've done for us. A lot of times we're truly not thankful for all that you do for us, Lord God. And Father, this morning as we come, I pray that we would learn how to be thankful for what you do for us. Learn how to worship you for the way that you've blessed us, Lord God. Father, to turn back to the days that we really look at all that you do for us, all that you give to us in spite the way that we sometimes live for you, Lord Jesus. I think of Brother Don laying up in that hospital bed. I know today he would much rather be here, Lord God, but would you touch him, Miss Kathy? I think of others that are sick, Lord God. I, I just lift them up to you. And Father, I, I, sometimes it's hard to find a way to be thankful for the situation that we're in in our life. Lord God, help us to always do that. And Lord Jesus, this morning I pray for someone that's not thankful. 
Pray for someone that's sort of like that man that I just spoke about, Lord God. Would you get a hold of their hearts? And if it needs to be that they accept you, Lord Jesus, for what you've done for them, and this is their, their salvation, Holy Spirit of God, do a work in their lives. And Lord God, for us that are saved, for us that are your children, Lord Jesus, would you help us get to a point in our life where people see how thankful we are for a great mighty God and for a Savior that saved our souls and for all the things that you do for us. And we ask these things in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. In that verse there, I believe we find an invitation to thankfulness there. Enter into the gates, it says, his gates. God invites us into his presence. Hey, listen, God wants us to be there. God is present here today. Matter of fact, the Bible teaches us that God is present around us all the time. If you're a Christian, you carry the Lord Jesus Christ because it's the Trinity. You carry the Holy Spirit, the Lord God, the Lord Jesus Christ in your being, in your body, everywhere you go. God is around us all the time. But sometimes, listen to me, we treat him like he's not even present with us. We treat him too often in our lives like we don't even understand what he's doing for us. And listen to me, we're sitting here today, we're able to live. Some of us had to come in here maybe hurting. Uh, some of us came in here today angry. Some of us came in here today with things in our life that we don't think we can uh, get through. But listen to me, God is right here with us. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God has given us the power to overcome everything that we face in our life today. How thankful are we truly for that? I ask that question. How thankful are we really truly for that? God blesses us and we don't even say thank you, Lord Jesus. We just keep going on because we take him for granted. We often take our lives for granted here. Entering his gates. He says, I want to spend time with you. How much time are we spending with the Lord Jesus Christ? How, how, how often are we in the word of God, really? How, how, how good are we doing it, hiding it in our heart? How much time are we spending talking with him? Listen to me, I think I'm doing a pretty good job, but probably according to the Lord God himself, it's not good enough right now. He wants all of us, all of the time. You know, I, I thought about this and I went and I looked it up. I couldn't remember the name of the people that sang it. Krumbacher and Duke was the name. In the 1980s, I was not born again at that time. And there was a song that came out, and it was called The Last Time from an album called Worlds Away Album. These are the words that it said, was the last time you heard from me, the last time I heard from you. Does my lack of inspiration mean you're blue from silence? Can it really be the last time you heard from me was the last time I heard from you? Oh, how long since the last time. When's the last time? Really, truly, the Lord Jesus Christ heard from you. I preached on prayer this last week on Wednesday night. But I thought about this preacher. I listened to that song as a lost man. I thought it was a rock and roll group. I didn't know it was a Christian group till probably about six, you know, when I, when I started really listening to some of the words. I listened to them. I'm going to tell you something. The Independent Baptist probably did backflips over this and probably would not even let them walk into church to hear the gospel because it was such a strong beat and, and, and rock and roll sound to it. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I am thankful that we have people that are willing to, to sing the songs of the Lord in different ways to reach the different generations that we have. I don't know why I said that, but I did. But that's, that song right there, how long has it been? When's the last time? If it was my commentary right in there, I'd say this right here. Was the last time you gave thanks the last time 
that you had something to say to me. You get what I'm saying there? Is it the last time? Is it the last time you really talk to God? And when I'm talking about talking to God, I'm not talking about just going over routine prayers this morning. Well, I got to get up in the morning time and I've got to pray. And it's the same thing I talked about. We just sort of become casual and repetitive in our prayers to the Lord Jesus Christ. Give us a good day. Hey, he's going to give us a good day. It may not be the day that we want it to be, but the day that he's given us is a day at hand that he's given to us. As I said Wednesday night, I said, oh, dear Lord, give us a safe trip. And I said this, I said, possibly he's up there scratching his head saying, if you drive the speed limit, if you watch the rules, if you, you know, you're probably going to get there. Put your seatbelt on. That's why I gave seatbelts to protect you a little bit there. Hey, listen, we may get in that accident, but I'm going to tell you something. He's protected us so much. And you know something? A lot of times this is our thanks for it. Thank you, Jesus. Nothing bad happened to me. Man, I'm going to tell you something one time, and there's been times in my life, and, and don't, get, don't, don't think bad of me right now. There's been times in my life that I've been more spiritual than other times in my life. I'm being honest with you. Man, I'm going to tell you something. I was walking so close with God at one time, that, and, and not that I'm not now, so don't take that wrong. I, I don't want the emails tomorrow, okay? Sometimes I say things, I get emails before I get home. But anyway, we were driving. I was hauling a pickup truck on a trailer and that trailer blew and I had because of what I was hauling with I had it loaded a little bit heavy on the back you know what I'm talking about brother key don't you and that black rear, rear, rear tire blew out and we were on interstate 12 uh, outside of Baton Rouge Louisiana and it's usually packed bumper to bumper to bumper everybody and we had been in traffic like that and that tire blew out and that trailer started doing like this and it took the truck we went down to the medium back across the road down in this medium we finally came to stop in the middle of the interstate, and Pastor Glenn Bond was on this side. I was on this side. I had closed my eyes for a while. We stopped, opened the door. He opened the door, and both of us fell out and got down on our knees. And I believe for the next five minutes, we praised God for protecting us during that time. But I get those days where I say, well, thank you, Jesus. Sometimes we're not as thankful as we believe we're thankful to the Lord God. That song, count your many blessings, name them one by one. If we really started to count our blessings today, we probably couldn't name each and every one of them that came, came about. We need to be thankful. I believe when we're thankful, I believe and we really spend time thanking God for what he's done for us today, that we get the ears of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thought of Max Lucada, and I used this illustration before. Uh, he was over in uh, Brazil when he was teaching in the university as a missionary over there. He was over there, and the beggar boys always would come up to him as he's walking to, to classes. And as they would come up, and, you know, they want bread. And, and you're, you're liable to pass five or six or seven of them. When he first got there, he'd buy bread. Boy, they just grab it and run off right out in the street, gone. Couldn't find him anymore. One day as he was going, a little boy came up to him, and he said, those eyes caught my attention. He said, I took that little boy in the pastry shop, and I bought him a loaf of bread and said, I figured he'd just, pew, right out the door. So I got me a cup of coffee, went over there and said, that little boy came over there holding that bread. And he said, he thanked me and he thanked me and he thanked me and he thanked me. He said, I'm going to tell you something. By the time as I looked at that little boy in his eyes and got through thanking me, he said, I would have bought him every pastry and every donut and everything in that store. Because he was so thankful and I could feel it from his heart. 
Hey, listen, God wants to bless us. God wants to take care of us. God wants to do great and mighty things in our life, but so often, sometimes I wonder if He doesn't because we're not thankful for His protection of what He's doing for us now. How truly thankful are we today for what the Lord God's doing for us? God blesses us with food. He blesses us with clothing. He blesses us with means to take care of things like that. Hey, listen, we, we got guys, we, our, we're here. We're here. I, I'm part of the mission. I'm just as much part of the mission as the guy that walks in the door. And some of the guys who come to the mission, they've not really had any place to go. Hey, listen, God is there to take care of us when you're thankful for what he's given to you. And I watch guys come to the mission that may have addiction problems, that are homeless, or this and that and all that. And the ones that truly come to know Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, truly get thankful for how God has blessed them. I watch God change their lives around and do a work in their life. You want God to do a work in your life? Begin to thank Him for what He's already doing for you. That wasn't in the message either. Now i got to figure out where I was at. The motivation of thanksgiving. Let's go there. What motivated the king? What motivated the psalmist here to give thanks and praise the way that he did? I believe it was because of the character of our God and his conduct. See, God's character is all to do right. And I thought about this a little bit. His character is always to do right, always to take care of his children. Just like, listen to me, sometimes I get as mad as I can be with my children and, and vice versa. Sometimes my children get as mad as they can be with me. And I can understand that. But what I'm saying to us today is that in the things that we do and, and, and the things that we do before the Lord God of heaven, his character is that he still loves us just the same. It didn't change one minute little bit either way. He never loved us any more, and He never loved us any less because He's God and He loves us exactly where we're at. The Lord is faithful. Amen. He's been faithful to me through all these years. Even, listen to this, when I don't deserve His faithfulness. He's been faithful to each and every one of us in here even when we don't deserve His faithfulness because He is God. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations, according to verse 5 there. We're not unlike the great king. Listen to me. King David, he had great failures in his life. He had times when he totally turned his back on the Lord God. Man, there were times in his life when he had doubts that God could even take care of him. But God was always faithful to the king. Sometimes in our life, you know, we struggle. And, and we have a holy God in heaven. We have a Lord Jesus Christ that laid his life down on the cross of Calvary for each and every one of us. And sometimes our struggles, we don't get over them because he's just waiting for us to say, forgive me, Lord Jesus. See, he's already gotten over them. But we can't get them over them because we're not willing to give them totally over to him and then when we give him over to him we don't know how to thank him for what he's done in our lives what motivates us to give thanks today think about that what in your life 
does Thanksgiving mean to you? I'm not talking about a turkey. Man, I used to love to hunt on Thanksgiving Day and then come in. But what motivates you to be thankful for what God's done in your life? And then I guess I do ask the question, what does Thanksgiving really mean? Most people, they don't, you know, they think about the Plymouth colonists. They think about the Native Americans that shared that, that, that autumn harvest together. But they really don't understand the background of what Thanksgiving was all about. Northern American, uh, uh, the Native American Squanto, this is the first time he had ever met a white man. And he meets a white man and, and he travels to England to explore. And he goes with this guy by the name of John Weymouth. And so here he is, he's, he, he's, he's actually there in Massachusetts, he's taken into slavery. Listen to me, he was a free man before he went there. But here he goes over there and he, he gets taken into slavery. His first experience probably with a white man almost. And then he returns to America three years later in 1618, and that's when he was kidnapped and taken into slavery. He was bought by a Spanish monk who treated him well, freed him from slavery. He actually taught, he's the one that actually introduced him. No, there was a monk that got him. He was the one that actually introduced him to Christianity. And he came to know Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. And he eventually made his way back to England. Eventually made his way back to his native country because of some people that came into his life. See, he was always thankful. In 1618, as he returned back, he got the second crush in his life. When he came back, he found out that all of his native tribe, all of his tribe had died to probably what was called smallpox at that time. It was brought in by the, by, by the, guy, by the colonists there. And, and you know something? Most of us would have given up. This is a guy that learned what forgiveness was about. Thank God he was able to forgive because it was this man that, that, that took and taught the colonists uh, how to build homes to keep warm. It was this man that taught them how to grow that corn. It was this man that taught them how to grow other crops. And I'm going to tell you something. Most of us, when something happens in our life, we're not going to help anybody that's done anything to us do anything at all to better their life because we keep a chip on our shoulder. We grab a hold of that anger and we run with it. And we can't be thankful and help others the way this man right here help the colonists. I wrote this down. Thanksgiving flowed out of the thankfulness of one man's heart. One man's heart. They'd have never had that first Thanksgiving had it not been for him. Aren't you thankful that somebody shared the Lord Jesus Christ with him? Hey, listen to me. His life probably was scary at that time. And I'm going to tell you something. If you don't know Christ today as your personal Lord and Savior, your life ought to be scary because there's a place called hell waiting for you. Should scare each and every one of us if we don't know Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. But through these trials, these difficult situations, sometimes God prepares us to be a blessing to others. But sometimes because of the trials and tribulations, we can't be thankful to the Lord God of heaven. I've been through some of those trials. Many of you out there have been through some of those trials. Some of you have lost your spouse. Some of, you have, some of us have lost our, our children. Some of us have lost our parents. Some of us have lost just about everything in our life. And you say, brother, buddy, how can you be thankful for something like that? Think of it as this way. Maybe God is preparing you in your life to be a blessing to someone else. 
It may be that God sees you pull yourself up through the help and the power of the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus Christ, and they want what you have, and they come to know Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, and it changes their total life around. Man, how important it is for us to be thankful for what the Lord Jesus Christ is doing for us today. How has God's great love and faithfulness been in your life this past year? We ask for testimonies. It's almost like, man, it's almost like you need to take a $20 bill and throw out there for somebody to give a testimony. There's a few people to give a testimony. We ought to be quick to praise the Lord Jesus Christ for what he's done in our life. Instead of sitting around looking like we're a dump on a log or something like that. But verse 1 through 3, I want to read that again for you if I could. It says a psalm of psalms, a psalm of praise. Make a joyful noise in the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So how do we respond to the love and the faithfulness of the Lord God? How do we respond? Can we notice maybe three verbs that are here in some of this? that I believe are used in thanksgiving of what God has done in our lives. First, it says joyful noise. You know what that word joyful noise means? Shout! As a matter, matter of fact, you study that, it means splitting of the ears. That, that shout that's, that, that is so loud that it actually probably hurts your ears. I don't know. I don't understand that, but I know that's what God meant. He meant shout. Shout for joy to the Lord. Hey, listen, somebody walked up in here right now and they wrote us a million six for to build Helen's house. You know what I'm afraid of? We'd spend more time thanking that guy right there and bringing accolades to him and doing things for him than we would thank the Lord God of heaven for giving us that $1.6 million that we've been asking him to give us. We've got to watch out how thankful and who we're thankful for. God is over everything. God is the one that gives the increase. He just uses people to do it. And can I say this? He uses lost people to do it. Don't get mad with me when I say this. At the children's home, when I was with the children's home, and we ran on a big budget, and we took care of 80 children, if we depended on the churches and the saved people of the world, we probably would starve to death. Most of the money that came in came in from people that didn't give a care about the Lord Jesus Christ. They cared where those kids were taken care of. God cared whether they were taken care of because he gave a burden to a couple of men to start a children's home to help those children that needed help. God put a burden on Johnny Ellison's heart to, to help some men that had an alcohol problem. And the mission grew into what it is today. God uses people. He wants to use you and I. But so often in our lives, we don't make ourselves useful for him. I'm too busy. Oh, I, I, I need to go bury the dead. Oh, oh, I, I need to go check out this new toy that I have over here. You know, he said, I need to go check out these. I need to go check out this. Sometimes the toys in our life, just like I've been praying for a bass boat. I believe God doesn't answer prayer. I know God answers prayer. And one of these days I'm going to wake up and say, son, don't you understand? The reason I had to let you have a bass boat because it would ruin the ministry that you have right now. I hope that's it anyway. That's what I'm believing <laughs> God's good. I may not ever have another bass boat. I, I may have to look at that bass boat. That brother, you know, I, I asked God for a bass boat, didn't I, Brother Larry? 
And I said, God uses people, and God gave me a bass boat. Really did. And that may be the only type bass boat God ever wants me to have in my life. And I should have been praising him for it. Instead of just saying, thank you, Larry. You know, we laugh about that. That could be the best boat God intended for me to have the rest of my life. Make that joyful noise unto the Lord. So many different reasons. More reason I got out of bed this morning. There's plenty of reasons. Could I take us back to 1621? Edward Winslow. He was one of those 50 plus or minus of the Plymouth Colony that has survived. And he wrote these words describing the first harvest that festival they had called Thanksgiving. It says, Our harvest of corn came in well, and God be praised. We had a good increase of Indian corn, and our barley crop was also good. But, one, but our crop of peas wasn't worth the gathering. They were sown too late, and although they came up very well and blossomed, the sun parched them in the blossom. Ooh, sort of sounds like a lot of Christians, isn't it? Man, Lord Jesus Christ comes in our heart, saves our soul, and we just sort of rise up. and We don't do anything except we get parched. And I'm not talking about in hell. And usually when we get parched, you know what we do? We lay around and we do nothing. And so many Christians today, they really truly do nothing for the Lord. I don't know why I said that either. Once our harvest was bought in, our governor sent four men out to hunt fowl in order that we might have a special celebration Rejoicing together over the fruit of our labors, those four hunters in one day killed enough fowl to feed our company for almost a week. We were joined in our celebration by many Indians. The great Indian king, along with some 90 Indian men, joined us for three days of entertainment and feasting. The Indians themselves went out and killed five deer, which they brought to the plantation and gave as gifts to our governor and to our captain and others. And although our harvest are not always so plentiful as it was at the time with us, yet by the goodness of God, we are so far from want that we often wish that you could be partakers of our plenty. Sometimes we're not happy with what God gives to us. I mean, you know something? They didn't have a lot. They had almost starved to death. Uh, most of the better than half the people that came over, they had their their lives had perished. They lost them coming over for a religious freedom that they wanted. But they were praising God for what they had. By the goodness of God, we are so far from want. You know what I believe that means. And most of us want to admit this: I'm blessed more than I deserve hey listen with christ dying on the cross for me and the holy spirit of god drawing me to the cross and to the lord jesus christ and my acceptance of him he did more for me that if he never did anything else he did more than i deserve more than you deserve that day that he laid his life on the cross of calvary for each and every one of us blessed more than i deserve is that our testimony today it should be. It's mine. How do we respond to God's faithfulness? Sit down and think about all the ways God has blessed you today. May I encourage you to go home and maybe sit down and take a piece of paper and begin to write the things of this past week that God has blessed you for. See, on Wednesday night, we're going to get together as a family. 
And we're going to have a time of thanksgiving. We're going to have a meal together. But that, listen to me, that meal means nothing compared to what we're going to do afterwards as we share our thankfulness to the Lord God of what He's done in our life this year, maybe this week. Maybe something great that, man, we wouldn't even understand. Maybe something in your life that happened to that native in Squatos. Maybe something like that that happened to your life and God changed it around where it blessed someone else or you were able to bless someone else. The second is worship. We need to come passionately expressing our hearts in response to God's goodness. When we think of all that God has done for us, it should be our natural response to worship Him. We are Baptists. I don't know whether we call ourselves cold, but when somebody comes into our church and they raise their hand a little bit, or they shout once or twice or something like that, we want to turn around and look at them and say, what in the world has happened to you? Is that not true? I see it. Go sit in the back and watch it. But I believe the Lord God here says that we're to worship Him. Should be our natural response for what He's done for us. Romans, the writer in chapter 12, verse 1 said, I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your response for service. The key word there is present. You know, if you look that word up, it means to stand beside. It means to yield. We're to yield ourselves to the Lord God with every bit of our being for Him to use us in the way that He wants to use us. Amen. Worship should be our response to the mercy of God. Why do we worship? To offer ourselves to God in a view of God's mercy upon us. God made the first move. It's up to us to make a response. See, God made the first move. He didn't have to send His Son to die for any of us. But He made that first move. He sent Him so that we may all, where the Bible said, whosoever will call. That's for all in each and every one of us sitting here. That's for all in each and every person that ever lived in this world have the ability to accept the Lord Jesus Christ for what He did that day on the cross of Calvary. Man, I'm going to tell you something. You remember the day that you got saved? I want you to think back in your head. Some of you are older than me, and I found out I don't go back too well anymore. I really don't. You sort of remember those dramatic things that happened to your life more than you remember some of the things. I still remember some of those whoopings that my dad called them. This day and time, they would be felony criminal charges. But anyway, I'm just picking with you. My dad, my dad never abused me. He gave me what I deserved. I'm sure I'm glad that the Lord Jesus Christ, that God didn't give me what I deserved to die and go to hell. But I remember the day that I accepted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I remember the day that I sat on the end of my bed. I remember the day that I walked around my house and raised my hands up, and I didn't even know what raising your hands were about. I'd never been in a church where anybody raised their hands I can remember. I remember worshiping the Lord God because I could feel what He had taken away from me. I could feel that I knew that my alcoholism was gone. I knew that my drug use was gone because God had made me a new creature that day. How come I don't worship Him like that each and every day? 
Because the same God, the same Holy Spirit, same Lord Jesus Christ indwells in me today as did that second that I accepted Him as my personal Lord and Savior. So often our worship gets lighter and lighter and lighter. Our response for His gratefulness, for His faithfulness, grows lighter and lighter and lighter. We worship because we're an awestruck person. God did a great and mighty work in one day. The third is acceptable. And really, I'm trying to get out of here. I don't even know what time it is. The third is that word acceptable. It means we experience God's goodness in our lives in a personal way. In a personal way. It goes down and you start to really, and I'm not going to go into this in detail, but you begin to, to study that word out. You get into the old language, everything, you find it comes from root words, but the word known. Hebrew word for that is yada. And what it means, it means more than just an intellectual understanding. It comes from the same word that the Lord God used in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 1 when he said that Adam knew his wife. It's a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It means that we have a first-hand encounter with the Lord God of heaven. Have you had that encounter with him? Do you still worship him? Do you still give him all the glory for what he's doing in your life? Even when those things don't look like they're gloriful. When those things don't look like, man, I should be worshiping him for that right there. Do you truly know the Lord God? I'm talking about you and him. I'm not talking about you and me. I'm not talking about a pastor and a relationship. I'm not talking about a mother and a child relationship. I'm not talking about a grandparent, grandparent. I'm talking about a personal relationship between you and the Lord Jesus Christ. Because without it, you're doomed. You don't have anything truly to be thankful for today. What do you have to be thankful for today, though? I ask that question. I'm thankful for my wife. See, most of us probably say, I'm thankful I'm saved. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If I'd ask everyone to write something down different you're thankful for, and it had to be different from the person in front of you, I promise you, I I don't know we have 100 people here, 120 people here, I promise you someone else could give something they've been blessed with, something they're thankful for. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my children. I'm thankful I didn't kill my children because now I have grandchildren. (laughs) And sometimes the Holy Spirit of God had a strong hold on me when it came to that. No, I'm just picking with you. I'm lucky I survived life. But what do you have to be thankful for today? I'm thankful for my friends. I'm thankful for the church family the Lord God has given me to be a part of. I'm thankful for the ministry. I'm thankful for the men and the women and the children that have gotten saved through Beacon Baptist Church in the ministry of our church. I'm thankful for the ministry of Cedar Rescue Mission that the Lord God allows me to be a part of. We've got so much to be thankful for. Why don't we share our thanks with everybody in the world so they see the joy of the Lord Jesus Christ in our life? We need to understand or begin to understand just how blessed we are by God himself. Thankful for those that have found Christ through this church. 
And I thought about this going back to to verse 1 there. I said that was an invitation that the Lord God himself gave for thankfulness, for thanks, to be a part of it. And it reminded me of another invitation that he gave. See, when he gave that, he gave it for a reason because he was waiting for us to share our thanks with him. Thanksgiving is a time that came about because some settlers came to this country because they wanted to write to, 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 to worship the Lord Jesus Christ the way they wanted to, the way that the Bible said to. And I'm going to tell you something. Some of them lost their life. There was a strong battle. We're in a strong battle today with Satan. But after not a great harvest, after cold times, after hard times, when they finally got that harvest, they had a time of thanksgiving together. And they worshiped the Lord God and they gave him thanks for it. He said, I'm giving you an invitation to have a time of thanks. And he was just waiting on to hear from them back then. But it carries on to us. He's waiting for us to truly be thankful for the way that he takes care of each and every one of us each and every day. And I thought about the writer there in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 where the Lord God himself, behold, I knock. He says he's knocking on the door there. He says, and I knock, and he said, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him. Today, if you don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that's an invitation from the Lord Jesus Christ himself saying, hey, listen, I'm knocking on your heart right now. Man, I I gave my life on Calvary for you. Hey, listen, I'm inviting you in to accept me by faith of what I did for you and you and me and everyone sitting in this building right now you say brother buddy God just hasn't blessed me or God doesn't bless me maybe that's the reason maybe it's because you don't truly know him he gives that invitation to each and every one of us he gave his son freely gave his life his son gave his life more than you and I even come close to doing for the Lord Jesus Christ and I thought about this too I guess this is free too is it my note He said he set the example, I've used this all the time, for us to walk our life just like he walked his life. If I raised, if if I asked for people to raise their hand and please don't because I don't want anybody to tell a story before the Lord, especially in the house of God. But how many people today say they would be willing to lay their life down and die right now for all of us that are in here? I would hope, you heard that word, hope, I would want to thank that if somebody walked through that door back there and began to shoot, that I'd have enough courage to run toward it and do that. Let's say it's not an emergency. What if just God knocked on the door and said, hey, listen, I need somebody in there to, uh, you know, to just take their own life. And I'm not talking about suicide, but lay their life down for me right now this minute. Probably about that time, three-quarters of the church would exit the door. Most of the rest of us would sit around and scratch our head and really have to pray about it. It'd probably be the only time we really, have been a long time since you got a hold of the horns. I guarantee you God asked you to do something like that. You'd be holding on to the horns of, the, of, that, of that prayer. 
begging God for a way out. Aren't you glad he didn't take the way out? Because he could have. But he loved you and I. And we need to be thankful to be blessed by God who knows each and every one of us in and out, everything about us, our isms and our non-isms, our sin, our heart where it is right now. But he still blesses us. And all he's saying in this scripture right here, let's give thanksgiving for what you got. Let's give thanksgiving for what I do for you in your life. Let's give thanksgiving for everything that's going on, the way that I bless you and bless you. But he's not saying that in a small way. He's saying, shout it. Let the world know. Let the world see how I've blessed your life. Let the world see what I can do for them so they want to have the Lord Jesus Christ in their life. When's the last time you've worshipped the Lord God like that? When is the last time you've given thanks to the Lord God like that? Maybe today's time, Christian, we need to really find a place, maybe around this altar right here, and begin to thank God for what He's done in our lives. And then again, if you're, if you're sitting here, let's stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. No one looking around, please. If you're standing right now this minute, maybe he's knocking on the door of your heart and saying, I knock. He's waiting for you to open the door. Maybe you say this morning, Brother Buddy, if I died right now, I'm not 100% sure heaven would be my home. Would you pray for me, please? Anybody at all say that? Raise your hand and say, pray for me, buddy. I see one hand going up. I see another hand going up. Another hand going up. How many of you say, Brother Buddy, I don't praise the Lord. I don't give him thanks for the way that he's blessed me in my life. Would you pray for me? I need to really, truly look at my life and be thankful. I see hands going up, hands going up, hands going up. How many of you say, Brother Buddy, there's things in my life I really need to turn over to the Lord God this morning over to Christ. There's sin in my life that I need to get rid of. I need to lay down at an altar somewhere. Would you pray for me this morning? Raise your hand. I see a hand going up, hand going up, hand going up, hand going up. Hey, listen. I promise you here in just a moment, I'm going to pray for you. Let me tell you when it really gets real. It really gets real when we begin to express ourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, listen. I can't forgive you, but Christ can. Christ didn't tell me to forgive you. Christ didn't tell a priest somewhere to forgive you. Christ himself is the one that forgives you, whether it's for salvation or whether it's for the sin that you've committed, maybe even today. It never changes until you begin to get it right with the Lord Jesus Christ. Father in heaven, this morning, as I pray, you've seen the hands go up. You know our hearts. You know our needs. Father, in my life, there's so much you do for me, and I don't even stop to say thank you a little bit. Gosh, Lord, may we truly be thankful for all that you do in our lives. Lord, I pray for the ones, especially today, that raised their hands and said they weren't sure about where they'd spend eternity. Father, would you give them the, the, the strength just to step out right now? And Father, talk with somebody and take, let somebody take the word of God and them settle that issue in their heart and their life today. Father, it's your invitation. It's not mine. Lord, I, I don't even know how the message came across today, but Father, I know that my heart is burdened for those that raise their hand. May you do a work in their lives, and we ask it in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.